0: a lot I want to cover this morning. I believe that for many of you, it uh, would be something familiar, but others, you might find some things you didn't know before, you weren't aware of, and ultimately it it will land on good news because you can't talk about Jesus without it being good. Amen? And so let's jump right in. I would look at the screen. You may have brought your Bible, but it's a little quicker. Acts chapter 17, we're going to open with Verses 17 and 18, and it says, Therefore, he, the he is talking about Paul the Apostle, therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the Gentile worshipers, in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. So he's just in a market, and people are hanging around, and then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him. Now, some of us say, well, what's an Epicurean and what's a Stoic? (laughs) Well, these were just the intellectuals of their day. These were the people that basically stood around and we would put them in a coffee shop in our, maybe our mentality where, you know, all the guys get together and they solve all the world's problems. You know, they're, they're talking about this and that and talking about a lot of things they really don't know a whole lot about, but what they love to do is go hang around uh, in a group setting or in a mixed setting and just talk about the latest belief, the latest thing going on. And really, a lot of them were smarter, they thought they were smarter than they really were. But it says here, And some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. Jesus and the resurrection. That's what he was preaching. Paul would go town to town and every few weeks he, he would find a synagogue of the Jews and he would stay there for a few weeks and it would begin to share the gospel, the good news with them. And in this particular case we have again a group of people kind of hanging around, different backgrounds. Uh, obviously they have not heard of Jesus, they have not heard of the resurrection, but these guys Again, several of them being intellectuals, just kind of picked on what he was saying. Kind of mocked Paul. They mocked the idea of the resurrection. But I want you to notice something. It said that Paul preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And there's something I want you to note about Paul. Everywhere Paul would speak about Jesus, he spoke about the resurrection. You see, you haven't really talked about Jesus if you haven't talked about the resurrection, the two go together. And you'll see throughout my message how that actually works. The good news, though, is the message that he spread to these people. The good news is what we want to hear John 3 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him, I want you to notice that, whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But the key to everlasting life is what? You must believe in Him. You must believe in Him. Verse 17, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So if we were to wrap up the good news in a short, sweet sentence, we might say something like, The word that was sent to us, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. He became sin with our sin. He went to the cross. There he died. But the good news is he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay dead. After three days and three nights, he rose from the dead. And that's where I want to go today, where Paul preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And that's what I want to share with you today, Jesus and the resurrection. You know, there are other religions in the world, and they can take you to the tomb of their founder. In fact, all of them can. But our founder's tomb is completely empty. Amen? You see, our founder is still alive. Say it with me. My Redeemer lives. Amen? He's not dead. He's alive. Well, later on in that same chapter, if you skip down to verse 32, Acts 17, 32 it says, and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead. So these people were listening to Paul. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. While others said, we will hear you again on this matter. In other words, they were not they were biting a little bit, but they weren't completely sold on the idea. But Paul preached this good news to these guys. And some believed, and again, others mocked and made fun of them. The intellectuals who were listening to Paul have the same problem we have today. In other words, they're too smart for their own good. They analyze everything. They look at things from the perspective of, if I can't prove it, if I can't see it, then it can't be real. That's not the case. In other words, they simply couldn't wrap their head around Jesus and him being raised from the dead. Because what happens when you die? You're dead. In other words, the dead stay dead. And that most of us would logically look at that that way. But the fact is this. They would say something like, we can't believe this. That's crazy talk, Paul. I don't know where you're coming from. People don't come back from the dead. It just doesn't make sense. It's ridiculous to think that something that miraculous could take place. Many intellectuals of our day, many people look at Christians as pathetic. They look at Christians, believers, as weak. In other words, having to believe something that isn't true. Again, just because it cannot be proven necessarily all the time by science, or you can't feel it, or you can't see it. In other words, they would say this. They would say, if only the Christian were more enlightened, then they wouldn't have to use the Bible as a crutch. And that's really how a lot of people look at Christians. They look at us as weak. They look at us as, as having to have something to lean on because we just really don't have our life together. And boy, I tell you what, I'm okay with me. How about you? Amen? <laughs> now listen carefully. This is what it comes down to when it comes to Jesus and the resurrection. Faith is believing with the heart by a decision. It's that simple. You see, it's a choice to believe. Someone might say, I just can't believe that. I'm a man of science. That can't be true. There's just no proof. But the fact is they made a choice not to believe as much as I've made a choice to believe. And it's that simple. You see, we're to believe with our heart and faith is required to believe in the resurrection. I have no natural proof. Every once in a while, you'll see a news story, especially as we approach Easter, about all these things. Is you know, Was Jesus here? Did he do this? Was this proven and that proven? I really don't pay any attention or put any stock into those type of things. I'd rather put my hope, my faith in God and his word who won't let me down. But again, that's a choice. I have to make a choice to believe with my heart not my head, because I don't know about you. There's a lot of things I don't understand about God. Any, anybody in the room? There's a lot of things I don't understand. I don't understand how he made everything. I don't understand the resurrection from the dead. I don't understand some of the processes, some of the things that go into it. But just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. There's a lot of things in this world I don't understand. How about you? In other words, there's a lot of things. I, I mean, Yeah, somebody can sit me down and try to teach me about some things, but the reality is they might as well be talking Chinese because I'm still not getting it. But I know it's there. How many of you can see the air around you right now? Anybody? Now, how many believe we're, we're breathing it? They tell us we are anyway, right? I mean, science says we're breathing air, right? But prove it. Show it to me. <laughs> you know, in other words, I can't see it, right? I but it's it's there even though I can look at a picture of the moon and look at space and it looks the same as me looking from here to there. There's this gap in between. But yet I can't breathe there but I can breathe here. But see, somebody could say I just don't believe it. <laughs> you can <laughs> listen to me just because you say I don't believe something doesn't make it true. In other words, it, or it can't be true because you can't believe it. I, I've heard, I, I mean, some people would say, well, I just don't believe in God. Well, that's your choice, but it doesn't make God disappear just because you chose not to go that route. So I, I want to plant a seed in your thinking today about believing and believing by faith. Okay? And again, we're focusing on Jesus and the resurrection. And let me share some things with you. First John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's talking about the Christian, the person who has confessed Jesus as Lord. They're born of God. And it says, whoever or whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What's the victory that has overcome the world? Our faith. Our faith. Now, notice verse 5. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. How do I believe that Jesus is the Son of God? What well, was answered in the last verse? By faith. I believe he's the Son of God by faith. I make a choice, in other words. I believe. I'm a believer. That's what the Bible calls us. It calls Christians believers. Say it with me I'm a believer. Now, listen. Jesus is real. He really was raised from the dead. But anyone can say, I just don't believe in life after death. I don't believe in God. Again, they chose to believe that way. It doesn't mean it's the truth. They just simply made a decision in their own life. As I said earlier, the gospel is so simple. The gospel is the good news about Jesus, the Son of God, becoming flesh, paying the price for our sin, being crucified and dying and then being raised from the dead. And if this is really true, then there's something super excited, right? Something we can be super excited about. If this is really true, that means what? That means when someone dies, it's not the end. It's the proof to me that when someone dies, it's not the end. This isn't all there is to life. Yet How hopeless is some of the world who really truly believes this is it? Boy, I tell you, because this is it. Boy, I don't know about you, but, you know, it's not that great sometimes. You know, I mean, sometimes we can go through some difficult stuff. We can go through some challenging stuff. And wouldn't it be good to, to know that there's something else to be looking forward to? But see, a lot of the world doesn't believe that. They believe when we're gone, we're on. There's nothing else. What a sad way to live. You see, if, if Jesus really was raised from the dead, if He really was raised from the dead, then we know death isn't it. It's not over at that point. There's something else. You see, for many people, when someone they love dies, they sob and cry like that person's gone forever, like they'll never see them again. You might even hear them use the words, I've lost someone. Think about that for a moment. Now, for a Christian, that should not be the case. If someone dies in Christ, then I know that I'll see them again soon. I know I will. It makes all the difference whether you believe in the resurrection. Let me say it this way it makes heaven or hell difference, it makes saved or not saved difference. And I'll show that to you real quick. Romans chapter 4, verses 23 and 25 in the NIV talking about Abraham at the beginning, who is the father of faith, and it says, "'The words that was credited to him were written not for him alone,' but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. So in other words, he's comparing us to him, and he's saying, who is God going to give righteous? Remember, being a Christian isn't so much something you do. You cannot earn salvation from the Lord. You cannot earn being right with God. It is a gift given to you, and Jesus paid for that gift to be given to you, but that gift still must be received. Now, how is it received? Well, it tells us right here, for us... "...who believe in Him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead." Look at that with me on that verse. How are we getting this rightness with God? How are we getting right with God? For us who believe in Him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Is believing in the resurrection important? It makes all the difference in the world. Verse 25, "...He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. In other words, you and I are made right with God for believing in Jesus and the resurrection. In other words, our rightness with God came through Christ. But there's two things I want you to note in these verses that are very important. Number one, He was delivered over to death for our sins. Jesus died for your sins. He died for basically the payment of sin that you owed. All right, that's what he died for. But notice what it says. He was raised from death for us to be justified. So what does justified mean? I like this. Some of you may have heard it before. But just as if I never sinned. Okay, justified. In other words, I'm right with God. I'm justified. I can stand before God without shame, without guilt, because there's nothing wrong with me and God in that regard. So I'm justified. So what I'm trying to say is this. He had to be raised from death for our justification. Let me say it another way that every one of you will absorb real quick. Ready? No resurrection, no justification. No resurrection, no justification. In other words, the resurrection has everything to do with salvation. We can't be saved without the resurrection. And let me share some more that might help you. One of the most famous verses in the Bible, leading someone to the Lord. How would you pray with someone? Look with me at Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead. That's how you get saved. You will be saved, it says. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What he's saying here is that we must believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. You've got to believe this to be saved. Literally, you must believe this. So you you confess Jesus with your mouth, and you believe in your heart. Everybody say, believe in your heart, not your head. That's where people get into trouble. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Let go of all that and just believe it. Just you See, your heart has the capability to operate in faith. God put that in us. And so just believe, just trust in the Lord in His Word, and then go ahead and act on it. But what I wanted you to see is, is that the resurrection has everything to do with us being saved everything. It is it is hugely important, and we have to make that decision. Let, let me cement it a little bit further. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 8. I passed on to you, this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, and he says, by the way, this whole chapter, I encourage you on your own, it's a good day to, to read it. 1 Corinthians 15 is all, the whole chapter is dedicated to the resurrection. Okay? The resurrection. So, again, verse 3. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. So Paul is saying that I heard this and you heard it. I gave it to you. I heard, what did he say? The most important message. Everybody say most important. How many degree agree? There are some things that are important, but there are others that even... Are higher than that. They're super important. That's what Paul is saying. What he's about to say is super important. All right? And he says here, he goes on to say that Christ died for our sins just as the Scripture said. Verse 4. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day just as the Scripture said. What is he saying is the most important thing you believe. You believe that Jesus came, that he died That he was raised to newness of life. That he was raised from the dead. That's what's important. That is the foundation of Christianity. You take the resurrection out of it, everything crumbles. Everything falls apart. Now it goes on to say in verse 5, look at this. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. This is them witnessing Jesus after the resurrection. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. And at that time, when this was written, it said most of those were still alive, though some had died. Verse 7, then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, Paul was saying, I also saw him. Now, let me ask you this. (laughs) What are the odds that every single one of these persons are making this up? I mean, all these people are saying they were witnesses to the resurrection. They saw Jesus after the resurrection. See, you have to make a choice whether you believe in this or not. You have to make a decision. Later on in that chapter, in in chapter 15, verse 11, he says, Therefore, whether it was I or they, talking about him or the other disciples, the other apostles, So we preach, and so you believed. So we preached, and so you believed. So in other words, they heard the message, the good news, and they believed. Is believing pretty simple? I just make a choice. I heard it. I like it. (laughs) And I'm going to act on that. I believe that. All right? I believe that. It's important, guys. Let me ask you a question. Does it matter what we believe? I've I've just lined this out. It makes all the difference what we believe. And the resurrection makes all the difference. Believing that Jesus was raised from the dead means everything. And I'll be honest with you, we don't hear enough preaching about this. Because this is so important. Look with me at First Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to read verses 12 through 19. And it says here, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead... Why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no... Now, we're talking about those who have already died. How many here have, have had someone in your life you love? Not here anymore. All of us. All of us have been touched. All of us have been impacted by death, right? All of us. Well, he's discussing the resurrection of the dead. He's talking about those that have already died. But so let's go back to verse twelve again. But tell me this: since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no listen to this, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless. Are you guys seeing this? All of it's useless. Everybody say useless. What he's saying here is if Jesus really didn't raise from the dead, if he really didn't rise from the dead, then everything we're talking about is a waste of time. It, we're all lost. It's, it's hopeless. There's, I mean, We're all goners. Let me continue. Verse 15. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. They're dead. They're gone. And if Now look what he says. He, he really slams it down in verse 19. If our hope in Christ is only for this life, We are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. In other words, if this is all we have, see, this is all we have if there's no resurrection. It's over. It's dead. When when you're dead, you're what? You're dead. In other words, there's no way of getting around death. We are all still guilty of our sins. We're all on our way to hell. And everything in the gospel is a waste of time if Jesus didn't get raised from the dead. Isn't that powerful? I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people that never even consider this. That the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the basis of Christianity. If Christ was not raised from death, then Paul is telling all of us we're all doomed. We're still sinners on our way to hell. The gospel's a lie, all is lost, and all those people that have died that we thought went to heaven did not. If we don't believe in the resurrection... Now, Paul was speaking to those who were questioning the resurrection. That's why I encourage you, take some time and read that chapter 15. Read it in a couple of different easy versions, you know, and you will get so much out of it. It's such an encouragement. But there are many people who can't believe in anything they can't see or feel. If it cannot be proven, I don't believe it. In Jesus' day, there was a whole group of people you might remember called Sadducees, Remember, we had the Pharisees and you had the Sadducees. Well, the Sadducees didn't believe in life after death. The Sadducees didn't believe in the Spirit. They they believed that when you're dead, you're dead. That's why they were sad, you see. Now you'll never forget it. Because what did they have to look forward to? <laughs> in other words, when we're dead, we're dead. Think about that from. I remember as a young boy contemplating this just thinking about death, and I'm, I'm looking at the ground and picturing a hole in there and, you know, six feet down and there's a hole and there's a casket in there and I'm laying in that casket, looking up. And I'm just laying there. Is this it? Do I just disappear? Do, am, I, am I just gone? Because I'm still looking, I'm still thinking. There has to be more to life than that. There has to be more. And there is more, praise God. There is more. Amen? Amen. We do have something to look forward to. How many agree this life, it moves along pretty quick as you age? Those of you that are not, you know, 10 anymore or 20 or even 25, you find that, wow, I mean, man, I am I, I have friends now that I remember 30, 40 years ago that are heading for their 70s. Man, we were teenagers together. And here I am looking at them thinking, man, I was thinking about one the other day. We had dinner the other night, and he's about 10 years older than I am. And I'm thinking, man, in 10 years, he's going to be 70. 70, right, Larry? I wasn't thinking him. He just came to mind. But I'm thinking, and I'm not saying seventies old, guys, but it's 70 is old relative to 20. You understand what I'm saying? And when you're 20, what do you think? Life just goes on forever. Boy, it does not does it it does not it just boom you're there all my kids are grown up They're out of the house and I remember I still remember walking out my first one It's like it was yesterday and boom it's gone And all of a sudden my wife we've been married for several decades and time is passing and you know The point is time passes it just moves along and you realize thank god. There's more to it than this life Thank god. There's more to it. Amen praise god but What I want you to understand is this. Those Sadducees only believed what they could prove, only believed what they could see, only believed what what science could, could say. And there's so much more than that. The Bible teaches very clearly that there is something beyond this physical world we live in. Spirit created all the physical things that we can see everything. There are whole dimensions of things that you cannot feel and you cannot see out there. The spirit realm is real and much more vast than all of us could imagine. Our brains could, can't get it. That's why a lot of people choose to believe it, because this thing just don't get it. How many of you ever contemplated God always has been, is, and always will be? Anybody? Why do you not want to think about it? Because, man, it just makes my brain cramp up. I can't get it. I can't get it. God always was and always will be. (laughs) I mean, that is, wow. But see, our finite mind in this form that we're in now just can't understand it. That doesn't mean it's not true. How many believe in God? We believe in Him. And so there's a lot that we can't see that we believe in. Someone might say about a relative, like I said earlier, we lost them, they're gone. No, they're not. No, they're not. They just moved locations. I want you to think about it this way. Everybody has probably been on a plane or at least been to an airport and understands that there's a difference between arrivals and departures. How many would agree? Right? We understand arrivals come in, right? Departures leave to go to another location. Well, I want you to think of death this way. Death is simply the departure lane. And arrivals are the new births coming in. And so the arrivals are the new births coming in, these these babies that are coming into the world. And the departures are just those going to another location. Isn't that your intention when you get on a plane? Right? To go to another location. Well, that's exactly what death is. Deaths are departures, relocating to another location. It's not the end. In fact, really, man, we're just getting started. I mean, we are just getting started. And I want to show you some things that I believe will, will bless you. But let's stick with the resurrection for the moment. The resurrection itself, as becoming a Christian, is everything. It is the basis of Christianity. Now listen carefully. And this is your argument with someone who questions things. Listen carefully. If he really did die and was raised from the dead, that's the only thing that matters. If Jesus really did come, and he really did rise from the dead, he's God. He is the only one. He is the only way to the Father. Did you hear me? He is the only way to the Father. He is the life. He is the truth. He is the only one, the Son of God. He is the only one. If it's really true, that's it. Well, I believe it's true. How about you? Amen. That's it. There's no questioning about it. But you got a lot of other religions out there with their dead founders who are trying to convince us otherwise. But Jesus is the only way. Amen. Listen to me. He's the only way. He's the beginning, the ending, the alpha, the omega. He is the one who is dead, who's alive forevermore. I'm telling you guys, that just, oh, that just blesses me, full of joy. When I when I think about that and meditate on those things. My God lives. Say it with me. My Redeemer lives. Lives. Say, Jesus lives. He's not on the cross, He's alive and well. Just like you and me. Amen. And we get to look forward to seeing Him soon. Praise God. All these things that we believed are going to manifest, that we're going to see it, that our faith will turn to sight soon enough. Praise God. I'm glad I believe the truth. Now, I want to share some exciting things with you that we get to look forward to. You ready? Look with me. Again, still in chapter 15, let's look at verse 20. We're going to go through 20 through 26. But in fact, he's saying, absolutely, we agree that Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who died. So what does that mean? That Jesus was the first one raised from the dead. There's many more to come. I mean many more. Many more, praise God. So verse 21, so you see, just as death came into the world through a man. See, you need to understand, guys, death is the enemy, is it not? It's the enemy of everything, right? Some of you are not sure. I guess we get a little closer to death, then I'll ask you again. Is death the enemy? Okay, Death is the enemy. Death did not exist until Adam sinned. When God created Adam and Eve, he had never had any intention for any of them to die. There was no death. I mean, there was no... When you think of death and all that death does, I'm not talking about just to the human. I'm talking about to everything. All life on this planet has experienced death because what? Adam sinned and brought it into the world. There was no death. Trees didn't die. Grass didn't die. Flowers didn't die. Animals didn't die until Adam sinned. And this is what it's saying here. Again, verse 21. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, talking about Adam, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Who are we talking about now? The Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 22. Just as everyone dies because we belong to Adam. See, we're all in the line of Adam and we all die. That's a fact, okay? We we die because the death he brought in. Now, I love this. Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. It's not over. Amen. Verse 23. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that the end will come. And he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler, authority, and power. Talking about the devil and everything to do with the devil. Look at verse 25. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. Now what is his enemies? Satan, right? Sin, death, right? Now look at verse 26. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Death is going to be destroyed. Meaning death will no longer happen on this earth. No more death. No more pain. No more sickness. No more disease. No more tears. No more grass dying. No more whales dying. No more nothing. No more death. I don't know about you, but I like that. No more death, praise God. But we need to understand, Jesus was the first to be raised from death, and you and I are numbered somewhere in that count. You ever go to the deli, pull a number? Little old school. Now you just have to wait and hope they pick you. (laughs) But back in the old days, I remember you go up and you get a number. Hopefully you were low on the number that you saw Up on the thing there, you know. The point is, you and I are numbered somewhere in there. You may be number 5,963,943,302. But you're in there. Amen? But Jesus, because of Jesus and what he did, and him being raised, you and I are sure. We're sure. We're good. We're good. Amen? Whether Jesus tarries his coming or not. Death is the last enemy that will be destroyed. There's coming a day that death will absolutely be abolished. I'm telling you what, that's going to be one awesome day. I imagine we'll have one good party. I mean, death being done, it's over with. The last enemy. But until that time, there's some good news. One of the things that was asked by these wise guys, okay, and they still ask it today, oh yeah, yeah, how are the dead going to be raised? What about those decomposing bodies? What are you going to do about that? Think about a guy that was in the Navy and they threw him overboard. Dear Lord, that guy could be everywhere. I mean, by the time he's done and the waves moving and all, you could have things everywhere. How are they going to be raised from the dead? Now, you guys think that God is too small for that? Listen to me carefully. There's nothing impossible for our God. Our God, this is what, what, you know, do you know how He responds to this? If you look at verse 35, chapter 15, it says, But someone may ask, How will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? In other words, they really were not asking legitimate questions. They were being smart Alex. okay? And this comes out in the next verse. We won't show you, but the next verse, God basically responds with, What a foolish question. In other words, Is there anything too hard for God? In other words, the resurrection from the dead guys it was done with jesus and if it's done with jesus everything else is piece of cake he paid it all it's already done and i'm telling you what guys it's not going to exhaust all of god's power to raise everybody from the dead but i want you to see some things that are very important that i think many of you don't know okay you might not ever been taught these things and this is important Think about the bodies, the decomposition, the things that, that over thousands of years, think about it, uh, hundreds of years, I should say, because it's been a couple thousand since. Well, really, you have all the way to the beginning, all these bodies, everywhere, all over the earth. How many would agree there's lots of bodies? How many believe everybody left theirs? <laughs> no. There's only a few people in the Bible who left with their bodies. Remember? There's a few of them who, who just went off. Enoch was one of them, remember? The Bible says he walked with God and was no more. God just took him. Some of you need to read your Bible some more. you know, Because <laughs> you were like, who did that? Who? Enoch, who? He was right up there at the beginning. <laughs> but he walked with God and the Bible says he was no more. There's a few other characters in the Bible that literally God just took him. But the vast majority, okay, Billions and billions of people, their bodies are in the earth. They're in the earth. But there's going to be a resurrection. You see, this is what the Bible's saying to us. That the resurrection is like a seed that was sown. Every seed that's sown becomes something else, doesn't it? How many would agree? You you, you don't... I I sow this itty-bitty little watermelon seed, but what do I get? Do I get another watermelon seed? Oh, yay, there's two of them. No, what do I get? I get this big, juicy watermelon, right? In other words, I sew something that isn't very pretty, nothing real special about it, and I stick it in dirt. And then I cover it up. And then I just, and, and I, then I take fertilizer, and we know where that comes from, don't we? <laughs> and we put it in there, and then something awesome happens. The power of God goes into action. You say, well, the power of God, we do that. No, no, no. What did God say? Seed time and harvest. Remember? The law of sowing and reaping. And he said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will remain. That is the power of God in action. God created that. And all of a sudden, I get this big, juicy watermelon. That's this gorgeous thing. Now, what would you think? That is just tremendous. That is is like the glory of God compared to the little thing that went in to the ground. Now, what he's saying is about your physical body. Your physical body. Everybody do this. All right? Or if you want, slap your neighbor. I'm okay with either. (laughs) You can feel something, right? It's there. We all got it. It's this physical house we live in. It's not the real you. The real you is on the inside. The real you is a spirit made in the image of God. But for now, while we're on the earth, we have to have these physical bodies. But this is not the end. This is just the beginning. And what we're going to do is this physical body will be sown into the earth. In other words, someday I'll die. And I'll depart. See, me, the real me, just departs. And my body just goes into the earth. But it's sown into the earth. That's what I'm trying to say. Something else, a miracle is going to happen. Something else is going to come out of the earth. In other words, that seed that was sown, my physical body, was a physical, natural body. But what am I going to get back? I'm going to get back a glorified spiritual body. And that body is completely different than this physical body. They're both physical I can touch, for example, how many would agree that Jesus had a physical body when he was on the earth? Right? He ate, he walked, he got on a donkey, he did all kinds of things. He had a physical body. But when he was raised from the dead, something transformed. He was given a glorified spiritual body. Now, you could still touch him. You could still remember, he still has the piercing in his side. He has the hole in his hand. Someday you'll see him and you, you could stick your finger right through. <laughs> He's forever marked with what he did. Thank God for Jesus. But that body that he has is a physical body, a glorified body. He can eat fish. We know that. Remember, he had fish with his disciples after the resurrection. He met with them. He talked with them. He shook hands with them, but he also walked through a wall. <laughs> He walked through all. Don't you think that's cool? Am I the only one? I mean, come on. Perhaps he can fly too. We'll meet the Lord in the air. So maybe when we have our glorified bodies, guess what? We have no limits anymore. No limits. I could stick my hand through this pulpit, but I could still go ahead and enjoy a meal. Man, I tell you, do we got some good things to be excited about? Some good things, amen? But I want to show this to you that this body is temporary. It's just a seed. It's something new is going to be reaped. Why? Because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection. You see, if the Lord tarries, like I said, someday, if the Lord tarries, as much as I might try to fight it and I might believe God, eventually someday this this tent, this suit is going to give up. It's it's, It's done. And so someday my body will be buried. My spirit will depart to go to a new location. That's a temporary place in heaven. Guys, we're not going to live in heaven forever. That's a misnomer. People misunderstand things. Heaven is just a temporary wait station to where we get our doctrine fixed and and get some things adjusted. We're going to come back and what? Rule and reign with Jesus on a new earth. And see, there's a lot of of Christians don't know these things. We got some good things to look forward to. If you think you're gonna be bored, you are just you don't know nothing about the Lord. I'm telling you guys, we have some exciting things, but my body eventually will be planted in the ground as a seed if Jesus tarries. And see, this is where people don't get it. Someday my body will come back in a glory. I will have my body again, but it will be a glorified body. Let me show you. 1 Corinthians chapter 50 I'm sorry 15 verse 50 through 55 What I am saying dear brothers and sisters is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever You know what he's saying your physical body right now isn't pure enough isn't good enough for the spirit It isn't good enough for your life to come That's what he's saying that, that what we have to look forward to is too pure for you to carry this physical body. That's why we have death. And our physical body stays here on the earth. This physical body is not allowed to leave the earth. All right? Now, look, it says here, these dying bodies cannot in- that cannot inherit what will last forever. Verse 51, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. <laughs> I love this. We will not all die but we will all be transformed. Say transformed. So what is he saying? Some of us are going to be here when the Lord comes. Others have already passed on and have already departed, but their bodies are still in the earth. Y'all follow me so far? Now what he's saying is some of us, we will not all die, but we will all be transformed. All right? I love this. I love this. Look at what it says here. For when, uh, it, verse 52, it will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye. And when he says that, guys, it'll happen so fast that there, I don't know that there's anything on the earth could measure it. It would just bam. it just, it just faster than I can say bam. Okay? <laughs> it says here, it will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died, so those are all those people who have died in Christ, already in the earth, will be raised to live forever. Raised, that means their bodies are what? Raised from the dead. Now, isn't that going to be one tremendous cool sight? you got a decomposed body and dirt all over the place, and God is going to molecularly somehow bring all these components from all over the earth right out of the grave and bring it together for a body. Man, I tell you, you can't find one movie that cool. I mean, think about that for a moment. Every body in the earth that died in Christ, in other words, that's with Christ, is going to come up and it's going to come together. (laughs) That's amazing. Now look what it says here. And this is going to happen fast, guys. And it says, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. So if you're on the earth and Jesus hasn't come, when they're transformed, you're transformed. Okay? Just like that. Boom. All of a sudden you're like, "Woo! new model. I mean, I, I, I've got the same body I had before. I mean, man, I tell you, that's going to be good. Now look at verse 53. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. What is he saying? That new spiritual glorified body. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. And this is the end of death. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It's over. There's no more death. I mean, at this very moment. Now, the fact is, we've got some cool, cool things to look forward to. Now, let me wrap this up, okay? How many like some of this? I'm telling you guys, this is good news, amen? Now, listen, we are not to sorrow, the Bible says, like those who have no hope. I don't want to catch anybody in here. Oh, I'll never see him again. Yes, you will. Dear Lord, if someone goes and take a vacation, we went to Hawaii last year. Well, no one said, I'll never see him again. They were in the departure lane. God. No, you expected to see me again, right? Am I right? Well, heaven's no different. It's just like Hawaii, but better. In other words, it's just, it's just getting on a spiritual plane, so to speak, <laughs> and then flying to heaven. Amen? And they're just hanging around there. They're doing fine, doing great, wouldn't want to come back if you paid them. You hear me? They don't. They, they, heaven, the people in heaven are not saying, oh, let me go back to the earth. <laughs> no, not hardly you know, not in the condition it's in right now, but what the Bible's saying is, is that you and I ought not sorrow like those who have no hope. Well, what's our hope? The fact is this, guys, listen carefully, that if your family, anybody, was in the Lord, in other words, was in Christ, and you're in Christ, you're going to see them again. They're just in a temporary different location, and it's not going to be as long as you think. It's a very, very short time, now let me share this to you, because this right here, this scripture, will be a blessing to you the next time someone in your life that's close to you goes on to be with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and 18. And this explains things for us, okay? It'll help out. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So those who have already died, all right? So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again. How many believe that? Amen. Say it with me. Say, I believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again. It says right here, if we believe that, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. So what is Jesus going to be packing when he comes back? All those in heaven. All of them are going to come back with Jesus. And we're going to see them in the air. They're just going to be afloating. Just up there with Jesus. Use your imagination. I mean, just picture this. Now look what happens here. It says here, It says, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Verse 15, we tell you this directly from the Lord. In other words, Paul is saying, I got this revelation directly from the Lord. This is what's going to happen. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. Man, that's going to be something. One shout that the whole entire world hears. Think about that. Think about that. With a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. So you got to figure, Jesus is shouting something, whatever he says. Come. I don't know what he says, but he shouts something, and it reverberates worldwide. The whole world is seeing this. And then the trumpet sounds. And when that trumpet sounds, look what it says here, guys. This is so cool. The trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. So all those on the earth who died in Christ will rise from their graves. And look at verse 17. Then together. Now remember, the other scriptures said that we'll all be transformed, changed. Just like that. So that happens in the middle of this. And it says, then together with them. We who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So if we're still here, hey, guess what? If you've never flown in a plane, you're going to, and you ain't even going to have wings. I know that you were going to fly to meet the Lord in the air. Man, I'm telling you guys, that's cool. That is so cool. Then we will be with the Lord forever. And so, encourage each other with these words. Are you encouraged by these words? And there's something awesome we get to, to look forward to. Now, while we're here, though, we still have to do things right, right? We still have to walk in the Word and obey the Word and do what we know to do. But the fact is this, and I want to encourage you there will be people in this life that are going to go on. That they're going to depart, so to speak, and go to that new location. And it's okay for you to miss them. Just like someone could go on a vacation and you might miss them for a while. Or they moved across the country and you might miss them. But know this, that if they're in Christ and you're in Christ, it's just a short little time away. Just a short little time away. Say it with me. Say, I believe in Jesus and the resurrection. Amen. Let's all stand.